Hi, this is Eugene Jarvis, and welcome to Video Game Bullshit! This is Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got guys. Hey, I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs, uh, collector of all things, vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Alright, Super Mario Bros. 3 Extended Edition. Episode 99. That's right. <laughs> I know we did, in the past, Super Mario Bros. Memories, which we had a lot of Mario 3 that we talked about. And... This is kind of like a complimentary episode, and I know we'll tell abbreviated versions of some of the stories, but still, it's gonna be gonna be a classic. Gonna make it right all damn night. Let's do the wallpaper. Yeah, let's do some wallpaper and tell everyone exactly what Super Mario Brothers Three Extended Edition is. Yeah. So. Going way back to when we were kids, like, Kyle and I always wanted, like, quote-unquote, the perfect version of games, and I know Kyle is a huge advocate of taking the original and just mastering it without really messing with what made the original great. So, like, Mario 3 Extended Edition, take Super Mario Bros. 3... And adds some of the things. So I'll go ahead and read the description straight from ROM hacking, because this is literally a hack of Super Mario Bros. 3. This was released originally in 2014, uh, last modified and fixed a lot of the issues with it, any of the bugs in 2018. And it's a patch thought to be long lost to the void of the internet. Uh, it's the return of Shane M's Super Mario Bros. 3 Extended Edition. This is a purification work. This is a hack of Super Mario Bros. 3 that fixes glitches and restores beta features. So what that means is that there was actually features in the beta version of Super Mario Bros. 3 that were removed from the original. The original Super Mario Bros. 3 had 90 levels, and this Extended Edition has 107 most of the levels have been restored, and they add three E-levels from the Game Boy Advanced version of Super Mario Bros. Advanced 4. Uh, the E-levels used to use a um, the E-reader on the, the Game Boy Advance, and there was these Super Mario Bros. 3 cards. And when you swipe the card, you would get an extra level in Super Mario Bros. 3. And some of these were from that, and they just programmed it into the hack. The Lost Hammer Brothers of World 7 has been restored, um, and previous unused tiles and graphics have been utilized. Uh, the biggest feature, the Lost Level Parabeetle Planes, uh, and new levels have been given the unused Ghost House Sprite on the overworld maps. It looks like a tower, basically. Yep. And features, as well as original damage system, has been restored from the original Japanese version as well, which Kyle will definitely go in depth on. 
And there are two lost enemies, too, as well. Uh, the golden cheep cheeps and the green para beetles, which are flying beetles, and they're the green ones. And then there's patches for both versions of the ROM. There's PRG0 and PRG1 uh, versions of Mario 3, and there's a patch for either. So it's really cool. Uh, reviews are mixed. Some people think it's too hard, and other people <laughs> think that it's completely worth playing. So, I mean... <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, guy named Shane Mohammed, which apparently is Shane M. And he's the one who created this. So, pretty awesome. Kyle and I went through and definitely thoroughly destroyed this game, which is fun. And the original damage system was a much needed um, addition as well. For sure. On YouTube, when I was looking up videos of this, there were a lot of thumbs down, and I would see a comment that, you know, uh, they should have kept the the U.S. damage system stuff like that. I think that's really like a a polarizing point because yeah, we need to talk about that. Like, there's just so many Super Mario Brothers three hacks out there, and almost every single one uses the U.S. damage system that we're used to, which means that when you are Raccoon Mario, you go from Raccoon to big, big to small. Whereas in Japan, no matter what power-up you had, you had fire, you had the raccoon, you had the frog, whatever, you would go right to small Mario immediately. So you lose two different power-ups. Right. And really, that's how the first Super Mario Brothers was, right? Yep. Uh, if you had the fire suit, boom, you got hit once, you're back to small. So it's funny that somewhere along the way, people got spoiled and wanted that extra hit. The extra hit makes it, like, so much easier, though. That's what I noticed. Like, when you only have one or two hits, you can't make little, um, oh, I can just run through this flame, or oh, I can just jump through this guy. And that's what I noticed with Mario 3 and Mario World, where with Yoshi and Mario World, you can... Even, even more. Yeah, when you get hit... As long as you can jump back on Yoshi, that's another hit you can take. So the strategy in this extended version becomes so much more. And, I mean, you ask the question, like, you wonder when they got spoiled. It was exactly right here. Between the Japanese and U.S. Super Mario Bros. 3 is when we got the extra hit. From there on out, in the U.S. we were, and in Europe, we've been spoiled with the extra hit. And the thing is, is that, like, as much as we've played, like, you and I have played Mario 3, like, having this extra difficulty level is welcoming. That's exactly what we've been wanting. And what's interesting, a weird factoid, if you play the Super Famicom Mario All-Stars, the Mario 3 adopts the U.S. damage system. So even in Japan, they kept... On the Super Nintendo, they kept the U.S. triple hit till death system, which yeah. which just means that like from here on out, uh, they made Mario more approachable to all gamers. And I mean, that's why they did it, to make it much more approachable, to make it so that way, way it wasn't as frustrating as it was for us to play the original Super Mario Bros. and die a million times. But the irony is, that's why we got so good at the game was because we died so many times and practiced and played and played because we wanted to beat the levels in Mario and it was the only game we had. Right. So now it's like 
they make the games longer and easier. So that way we play longer and we get more of an enjoyment, but it's also not super hard. Yeah, so once you get to the point where you've played it so many times, and what's funny too, though, I used to think the levels were short when I played the U.S. version. I was like, these there's tons of levels, but they're really short. Mm-hmm. But then when you play it, when you only have those limited hits, it's they don't seem as short anymore. Yeah, it's a little more of like a crunch session to try to not take any damage as you run through. Yeah. So that's a really good point. And I think um, I, I need to mention, too, with the ROMhacking.net, once you go to that site, there's a program called Lunar IPS. IPS, the old patching system. It's a simple and free program for applying patches to ROMs. Um, it's pretty cut and dry. And um, as Jeff said, if you have the PRG zero or the PRG one ROMs, you can use that program to create this. And if you have any issues, just contact us for assistance. <laughs> and I mean, the game works in the EverDrive and the Power Pack. It works in all the different little multi carts, so that way you can literally play it on an actual NES. Um, as always, we'll talk about what we played them on, which I played my version on the AVS. Um, on my big-ass 55-inch TV. Window lag. Nice. And I played it on um, the EverDrive, the good old EverDrive, and pretty much all over the house. <laughs> the smaller TV in the bedroom. and See Kyle wandering around the house. <laughs> right? The bigger TV in the family room and the medium-sized TV in the uh, the bar. Medium-sized. The medium-sized man. The medium-sized man. <laughs> 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 got the big thing and the medium sized thing, and we're gonna carve you up. <laughs> Good old NWO. <laughs> National Hall, the Outsiders. So, there's an interesting thing, too, I wanted to mention. Like, you can save, and it saves automatically. It's, it's cool for a ROM because you come back to the ROM and it you don't have to have like a save state. It's it's like an internal save. And when he means automatically, it's like after every level. <laughs> like it's yeah. just it's just automatically you can turn it off, turn it back on and it's like right there. Yeah, and it's kind of like man, I wish I could have this for every game. Um the only thing is obviously you can't just like go back to a level, but I mean that would just be too much, I think. <laughs> well, that's what was cool about Mario World where there were like alternate exits. You could go back. Yeah, the overworld map was interconnected the entire world, which was pretty cool. That's that's where the progress from three to world came in. Classics. The overworld of Super Mario Three in general is very board game. It looks like a board game almost. Yeah. Well, like like Mario World and Super Mario Land Two use the same type of little like overworld type deal. That's amazing to me. It adds depth. It's a simple way to add depth and uh, make you feel like you're really immersed into the actual world. Cool little bonuses. And with this, we're going to refer to worlds, like world one through eight, and then the stages within that will be... Levels. Yeah, so so we don't... It doesn't get too crazy. Jeez. As far as, like, the extended version goes... Uh, with items like so you can only have so many items in Mario 3 and um, I think 
there's some items that you don't really need in this version. So if you have this version, you're probably going to want to play all the levels, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you wouldn't get this if you didn't want something more. So that cloud item where you can skip a level, where you can bypass a level, It's I don't really think it's necessary because why would you want to skip a level in the first place? Um, same goes with that music box that puts the Hammer Brothers to sleep. Um, you don't really need that either because you want to go to the Hammer Brothers stages anyway. So for those, I just kind of like waste those right away to make more item space for stuff that I need. And I'll pretty much just blow through the stars too. They don't really last very long in this game, and I'd much rather have a suit to use in the later worlds. I mean, what do you think? Um, I mean, item management isn't something that I was worried about as I was playing through it because uh, with the added damage system, I actually found myself being small a lot, so I would just frugally use the um, suits as I played. Um, the game itself isn't too hard. I still have plenty of lives. I was just using the suits as I as I wanted to. Uh, back in the day, I used to hoard fucking items. I used to not even use them. I'd beat the game, and I'd have, like, full items. Uh, nowadays, I, I tend to try to just, like, use it all. So with this, I implemented that 100% where I was using every single thing. I mean, you might as well, too. Mm-hmm. Because the game has enough power-ups, and especially... If you guys know the trick with the card game for each level, uh, there is a trick to that where the bottom right three cards are always the same. Yep. Uh, it's a star, a flower, and a mushroom. To me, those are like your safe cards. So what's what's interesting with this is my uh, friend's dad, he actually copied down all the patterns for that card game. And uh, that's how we figured out that the bottom three cards were always the same. No matter what the pattern, yep. So you had three safe cards in that you could match those three with, you know, three others. But he he already had a diagram. So once you clicked a random card, you knew one or two. You knew uh, which version you got so then you could actually unlock all of them in one try because he had he had them all marked out Freaking crazy yeah and the star was always so uh brief the charge for the power-up star is just it doesn't last long at all exactly it's not really a, a useful item you can do the little flips and stuff the most useful one is the p-wing for any of the tank levels and stuff yeah, the, the P-Wings is amazing, and as far as that goes, there is, like, a white, the white toad houses. We should probably talk about that. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to, uh, there's this, like, have you heard of the Anchor Power-Up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Anchor Power-Up's classic, where it, like, stops the, um, uh, ship from leaving. <laughs> like, when you... After you die, if you die on the level, the ship won't fly away. Yeah, and that's a lot of th- that's something that a lot of people don't know about. Actually, um, there's three in the game, and uh, they're found in the desert land, giant land, and ice land. And um, yeah, it prevents the ship from moving, and it holds the airship in place if you die. But 
It's a really rare item and it can only be acquired inside of a white toad house in even numbered worlds. <laughs> to unlock the, the house, you actually have to collect a certain amount of coins in certain levels. And played on a Thursday. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Desert Land level two, yep. you gotta get 30 coins. Giant Land level two, you gotta get 22 coins. And Iceland level seven, you gotta get 78 coins. <laughs> Jeez. It's not really something that we need because we know how to beat those stages. Yeah. So. There's an overabundance of just, like, unnecessary items in this game with the clouds and the music box and the anchor. That's the other thing, too, where it's so nice to the to the player. It, like, gives them so many options not to play the level or the P-Wing. You can fly over the level, and that's the other thing. The, there's other white toad houses with the P-Wings, and there's more. I'm not going to go into all those. Just check those out if you want. With the other white toad houses, all the other ones give you P-Wing. So you either get the Anchor or the P-Wing. This game is just so nice. With the, It's so fluffy. It gives you so much fluff, especially the U.S. version. You get two hits. You get clouds. You get music boxes. You get P-Wings. On cloud nine. You get anchors. It's just so nice. It's just funny how in Japan... How the second, the Super Mario Brothers, like the real Super Mario Brothers 2, or the Lost Levels, as you want to call them. Yeah. As we call them these days. <laughs> over here. It's like how evil it was, and now it's like so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Went from masochistic to like Cloud Nine times. <laughs> That's what's crazy about it, though. Yeah, it's ridiculous, actually, how easy they made it oh yeah i i did want to talk about uh the hammer brothers suit too because it's really rare and in world six you actually have to beat a level to get it so you have to beat a level to get to the toad house that gives you that hammer suit that was always like the stuff of legend though people always wanted to get that hammer suit i think that's the beauty of it it's like the carrot on the stick right yeah like you have to have something that you can't get normally, and it makes it, like, ten times more special. Hammer Brothers suit, and then the Tanuki suit. And the thing with the Hammer Brothers, it, uh, the helmet resembles, like, a Buzzy Beetle shell. Yeah, especially when you, like, duck. Yeah, and when you duck, the thing is, you can block fireballs with the helmet. So, a lot of people don't know that, where if you duck and a uh, piranha plant shooting fireball at you, it actually neutralizes it when you duck. And the hammers can actually hit the piranha plants when they're inside the pipes. So they don't have to, like, come out. So that's cool, too. Nice. The Tanuki suit, the thing is, I never found the, the statue ability, like, much use, you know? I'm always moving forward, so, like... Did you ever find the statue ability any good with this Tanuki? I mean, the only thing that it would be useful for is, like, going over the top of one of the bosses and just, like throwing it on and then like as you go through them then they once they get away you let it dissipate and then move out of the way but like really there's no use for it i mean i mean in all honesty like the only other time besides for like a boss fight which is what i used to use it for would be if like there was a fireball coming and you couldn't avoid it you just turn to a statue real quick Mm Hmm. that's it though there's not really much to it 
Yeah, I mean, I I always kind of saw the Tanuki as just like a raccoon suit. Yeah. Since I never really used the the statue thing, but that's like a classic that goes back to like Japanese lore and everything, and they they love the Tanuki. <laughs> <laughs> they love the Tanukes. Big balls and all. <laughs> Big balls of walls. Yeah. So with the uh, extended version, though, you get more Hammer and Fire Brothers stages. The thing is, the Fire Brothers, they were only in two stages in the original Mario 3 for that we got. So in the desert, World 2, there was like a, a rock, and you got a hammer, and you could smash it, and there was some bonus treats. You got a, a frog suit from a toad house, and then uh, you could fight some uh, Fire Brothers, and you would get the flute. And the only other stage the Fire Brothers are in is in World 8. There's that one part where um, you're going through the hands that grab you and pull you down. There's, like, some stages that you have to, like, bypass. And there's little fireball dudes in there, yep. Yeah, that's the only time, though. But in this game, they added more. There's, there's like, an underwater level. And they got Fire Brothers in there. and <laughs> Underwater Fire Brothers. So devious. There's some trippy shit. I was playing this, and I was like, dude, this is badass. Um, yeah, there's a third stage in the final world that they didn't add. So in World 8, you beat, like, the tank level, the ship level, the the really fast airship, like, flame level. Then you beat those the levels that pull you down. And then once you get past that, there's two stages before you get to Bowser. Yep. They added a third one here, and it's underwater with those flame dudes. It's badass. Devious. Also in World 8, they added a bonus stage before Bowser's Castle, and it's pretty much like a power-up palace, though. They just give you everything at that point. You just power up to your heart's content, pretty much. (laughs) So, that's cool, too. Might as well give you the Karibo shoe at the end. And that's a good point, too, because there are more Karibo shoe stages now that were added, which... It's It seems more well-rounded now, because myself, I would wonder, like, why, what's with the lack of Fire Brothers, or the Karibu shoe, Karibu meaning, um, that's the Goomba in Japan, but uh, there was only one stage in level 5 that had that shoe in it, so it was always weird, like, why is it only in one, sh- in one stage, so they did add that as well, so it, it makes it seem more well-rounded now. A lot of these stages though that they added are kind of like optional not all of them but uh a lot of them you can skip if you so desire definitely like there's a few that are unavoidable of course though yeah like they'll put one right before the the final stage the thing is though they um restore the language that the kings say to the japanese version uh, which is <laughs> hilarious, because one's like, um, can I have your clothes? <laughs> <laughs> it says something like, no dice? Oh, well. It's just funny, like... No dice. Yeah, <laughs> and like the the the, uh, the emperor with no clothes. <laughs> trying to steal clothes. <laughs> yeah, it's like... So wrong. They're like, all right, we're going to take that out of the U.S. version. Don't need uh, kids wanting to steal each other's clothes. <laughs> little racy Japanese fun. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. I would say, though, um, it's the best places to farm lives. Um, 
for the tips would be obviously World One Stage Two. Everyone, pretty much everyone knows about that with the Goombas that come out of the the pipe, and you can keep jumping on them. Just keep jumping on them and racking up a hundred lives. As long as you have the the raccoon suit, so you use the tail to like keep you in the air, and then you just keep bouncing off each one until um, eventually, once you hit a certain amount, then it just gives you lives for every one that you hit after that. The big one though is uh, World Seven. I guess you call it Fortress One. It's in the uh, the north of the map. I call it the Coin Fortress. Yeah. And you you hit a P. There's a P, and the whole room, all the blocks turn in the coins, and then you can actually go back to that room because it's it's kind of like like a ghost house almost. Yeah, I don't even think there's anyone in the stage. It's it's like it's regarded as one of the most creepy Mario three stages. Because there's no enemies and you're just by yourself. Yeah, it's like a, it's kind of like a precursor to what the ghost house would be in Mario World. Uh, so you can actually go back to that room with the coins. So you just hit the P and get all the coins you can and just keep doing that. Go back to the room, rinse and repeat until time runs out. And then you just go back to the level and do it again until you have 99 lives. <laughs> like once you figure out how it all works... Uh, you could probably get like close to ten lives each play. Yeah. Before time runs out, so you could. It only takes like a few, you know. It only takes maybe like eight or nine times, and considering how many lives you already have. Yeah, that's true. Like you could just easily just rack up a shit ton real quick. That's my advice for that. Yeah, that's the two major ones right there. I don't. I think that's the one I always used was one two because it's so early in the game. As far as stories go, what's your Mario 3 story? We might as well just dig those up. Yeah, so the, the classic was uh, watching the the, uh, the movie The Wizard, and that's, you know, the introduction of Mario 3, and um, of course I didn't see it in the theater, but I rented it much later, and by that time I had already gotten Mario 3 on launch. <laughs> It was like the first game that I ever bought at launch was Mario Brothers 3. Me too, actually. Freaking awesome being able to get that game, though. Like, looking forward to it so much. Yeah, I wouldn't say the the day of launch, but it was, for me, it was like close to the day. Yeah, I, I have no clue if it was the day of, but it was, it was definitely like right when it came out. It was like birthday time. I guess we could say like the hype really like got us. Exactly. Yeah. And I know at that point I did not have 
Nintendo Power or anything. So, was my first Nintendo Power issue was like the Star Tropics and Mega Man 3 issues that I got out of order. And that was after Mario 3, obviously. So, like, I definitely wasn't getting hype from there. It was just schoolyard banter, man. Yeah, and for me, that was the one that I was surprised it was actually in the stores because Mario 2 I could never find anywhere. Just for whatever reason, it was, like, impossible to fucking find. But Mario 3, the when you went to Toys R Us and they had the slips, you know, and you grab one, they were just, like, overflowing. I was like, hell yeah. And uh, really, the Dobbins, Rich Dobbin and his brothers, they would always get everything, like, before everyone else. So they already had it, and... Yeah. But the freak out, freak out that they had, the freak out that I had, I've never seen it. That has to be like the pinnacle of like Nintendo. Mario Mania. It has to be. There's no other point in time where we were all just fucking like frothing at the mouth, dude. Like, I don't remember any other moment ever where the hype was so huge. I mean, like, not even fucking close, dude. Yeah, that's definitely like a a rose colored glasses moment for sure. Like there's there's not much that could live up to not much that could live up to uh the freaking the memories. Holy shit. Just watching the kids playing and wanting to play, waiting for their turn and being so fucking excited that they actually got to play Mario Three. It was like uh you know, it was like waiting for like Mortal Kombat in the arcade, waiting for your turn, you know, like Yes. As far as platformers go, I mean, Nintendo-wise, this has got to be it. I mean, I can't think of a better A-plus game. The thing is, is that there may have been games, like, nowadays that are have more popular, have more people playing it, but the thing was, is back then, media wasn't as big as it is now. It was like a treat to even play or rent a game back in the day. And this was like the, everybody had to buy Mario 3. Yeah, that's the difference and that people need to understand is... It was like a transition point. And everything was so much more special because it wasn't accessible, uh, which why Nintendo Power was so important at that time because that was our way to find out things. You couldn't go on YouTube and you couldn't go on Game FAQs because they weren't there. There was no internet. You have to think about... And even, like, at the video game Emporium, the funny story, buying a Master System game and not realizing it's for the Master System because it's in the same box that the Genesis games were released in. And it has a gridded aesthetic like the Genesis does, but it's white for the most part, except for, like, Rampage and that was red and there's a few other... There's some rare stuff like that, but for the most part, yeah, a white gridded aesthetic matched the uh, the black gridded aesthetic of the Genesis. My dad and I took that Master System game home, and we thought it was a Genesis game, and we put it in the Genesis, and it didn't fit. It gets a little bit wider than the, you know, um, which is ironic because the Genesis actually has a capability to play Master System games with the converter, but still, the point is, we didn't realize what was what. It was like dumbass world because you just don't fucking know. I, I remember buying Gyromite, um, looking at the cover, thinking it was an. This looks like a cool platformer. 
and then realizing you can't even fucking play this game. You need two controllers, and it's not. It's meant for like a robot thing. And then once you learn these things, and you know, you pick up on it. That's one thing. But back in the day, it's like every day is a learning experience. Well, then, like the craziest thing was, is that like you wanted to be the first kid. To see the final world, the first one to beat Bowser, to tell everybody on the playground, like, what you saw, tell them about the warp whistles, or, like, find the, the secret Hammer Brothers suit, or how to get different things in the game, and it was like, that was part of the bragging rights, was actually exploring and finding stuff. Nintendo Power would have that where you could take a picture and send it to them of you, you know, beating the game. I, I remember I beat Mario World and sent it. Stuff like that. Yeah. Which goes into, like, Twin Galaxies now, you know, or just a high scoring. I mean, Twin Galaxies kind of falling apart, but... So Twin Galaxies back in the day. It's dead now. It goes back to, like, just the high scoring and just wanting to figure something out before someone else does. Yeah. That's a very, like, manly thing, though, you know. You just want to be the alpha male, like, (laughs) (laughs) pretty much. You know, I want to be the one who figures it out first. But with the suits, I mean, the suits really unlocked everything, and I think that goes into what we should talk about with uh, Yoshi, because Miyamoto, he he always wanted Mario to have, like, a dino buddy, since the initial Super Mario Brothers, actually. Well, dinosaur. And there is art online to prove this, where the old-school the old school Mario is riding like a dinosaur-type thing, drawings, you know, stuff like that. But the limitations of the NES halted that, so Jeff and I were talking, and we're like, oh, shit, so we started looking deeper, and I guess the inspiration goes back to... A character called Tamagon from 1984's Devil World. And um, that's pretty much the player that you are. And they hatch from eggs. And they eat enemies. And they emit even like a slightly similar noise when they hatch. With the... <laughs> it's, it's their own noise. But you will you can tell it's kind of borrowed from it. And uh, since they weren't able to fit Yoshi into Mario 3... I guess Miyamoto wanted to design the frog suit and the raccoon uh, with the tail to make up for this limitation. Now, the the interesting thing is the Yoshi sprite did find its way into Mario's missing for the NES and for the SNES, but that was in 1993. So in this game, Luigi rides him around. You can jump up and you can jump on things. But it's basically like a vehicle to get place to place, because Mario's missing is, which we will talk about right now, I guess. Um, Jeff's got a good story with that. It's kind of like an educational game, kind of like Carmen Sandiego uh, meets Where, Where's Waldo or something. <laughs> but uh, another thing that's cool is Super, Super Mario 3 Mix, which we've talked about, has a fully functional Yoshi on the NES, and so we know it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's possible, it's just they didn't fit him in because they probably ran out of graphical assets. Something. Yeah, they needed the sprite or whatever. 
Yeah, like, um, the original artwork for Yoshi, though, um, looked kind of like a bird, almost. Yeah, yeah, like wings. Like a dragon. It looks like, like, a little beak and stuff. And they have, like, the original Super Mario Brothers sprite on his back. Yes, you can definitely tell it's old school. Yeah, so it's it's crazy. It's almost like Birdo he's riding on or something. Yeah, I was thinking that too, actually, with Birdo from Mario 2. So, yeah, that leads us to Mario's Missing. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I just remember getting that game brand new. And I can't remember if it was, like, on sale or how I got it. I just remember that, like, it was like, oh, yeah, you got, you got a brand new game. And it's Mario Brothers, you see Yoshi on the back. I knew Mario World was already, you know, a thing by the time. And, you know, little one thing that a lot of people don't know is that when the Super Nintendo first came out, they were still producing a shit ton of Nintendo games on the NES because... A lot of people did not want to upgrade because they, like, parents didn't want to upgrade because they invested so much money in the NES. And as I've mentioned before, like, I had to save up, like, a lot of, like, for a long time to get my Super Nintendo. So I was still getting NES games. So yeah, I got the newest Mario game, Mario's Missing, and I, I popped it in and I'm like, what the hell? Like, you literally run around as Yoshi. You can't get hurt. You can, like, walk through turtles. <laughs> like, like it's just... It literally is just like a learning game where you have to take artifacts and take them to certain levels that match the location. Because the era is the other one, Mario's Time Machine, which I didn't have, because that was actually pretty obscure. But, yeah. Both those, really, you can see, like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego, because it's, like, educationally, like, showing you points of time that existed and type thing. And then it's got that Where's Waldo, you just gotta find Mario. I think he's in the castle the whole time, too. It's the bullshit of it. Like, what are you doing? But unlike um, Carmen Sandiego, you can't lose in Mario's Missing. All you do is keep trying until you figure out the right combination. So, like, so like I never even tried. I would just take an item and take it everywhere. Then eventually it would it would go to the right spot. Process of elimination, basically. Of course, the best one was when you had the monkey that went to, you know, like King Kong, went to New York. Because <laughs> that's real. <laughs> education. <laughs> like, freaking Hollywood education. But yeah, it was literally just King Kong, which kind of referenced the lawsuit that when they tried to sue Nintendo because they used Donkey Kong, they were infringing on the King Kong license. Yes. When they realized that it... They never had the license to begin with. That's <laughs> epic. That's the best part. It's like they're trying to throw in stones while living in a glass house. <laughs> and that, that pretty much puts puts us into the... We might as well just talk about um, more about the extended like features. Yeah, I think that the stages really add a lot. I think it's worth playing, especially if you play the Mario 3 and it's gotten too easy. This is perfect along with Super Mario 3 Mix, which we've talked about before. Check that out, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that has to be said about the levels, though, is that you can tell the levels that were from, like, the E levels from the Game Boy Advance version versus some of the weird, like, demo levels that they threw in there because there's, like, a definitely a, like, differentiating level of quality between some of the bonus levels. 
I noticed, like, so in Mario 3, a lot of the levels, just in general, you'll beat the level pretty much, and then you'll get to the pipe, and then you go into the pipe, and then that's like, there's another screen that's like the end screen. So a lot of the, a lot of these levels, once you go into that pipe, there's like, sometimes it feels like you got to that pipe really too soon. And then once you get to that end screen, there's like nothing. I remember, and it reminded me of Guardian Legend too, because there's a few levels in Guardian Legend where you're, you're just like in your ship cruising and there's like no enemies. It's (laughs) weird. It's like, is anyone going to attack me? I mean, I mean, there's one thing to be, you know, really aggressive, normally aggressive, but then there's another thing that's like, no one's coming. <laughs> it's just kind of that no man's land feeling like, is anyone here? That's in some of those extra levels of Mario 3 where, like, it's like a ghost town kind of. <laughs> I noticed that in a few of them. A weird thing was, too, when I uh, I tried playing it in my Famicom, I, I used a converter for the EverDrive, and then played in my Famicom, and I would jump on the Parabeetle, and it would, once you jump on it, it kind of, like, climbs, starts to ascend as it's moving forward, and once it hit the top of the screen, the system would just reset. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm guessing you might have to patch the Famicom ROM or do something else to make that work. It's weird. Yeah, if you try playing in that system, in the, uh, like, another system compatible like system like Famicom or maybe even I don't even know but maybe even a clone system it might glitch out on you so (laughs) I just stick to the toaster or the top loader just to be safe but it's definitely worth it is a lot like World 7. World 7 is like, which is the pipe world or whatever. Prana plants and pipes, yeah. It's almost like World 1 on steroids. It, and which reminds me of like Sonic the Hedgehog, Green Hill Zone. It's like your classic. It's classic, yeah. That's why I think my favorite world is World 7, because it like takes what we love about Mario, the original Mario, and just like amps it up, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And like it's like the master level of the original aesthetic. Yeah, it's like let's take a Mario and just go crazy. <laughs> as far as like bonus levels, what I thought was cool in World 4, Giant World, there's one at the very beginning you can go to. They say the ghost house sprite, but it it just looks like a tower, like Tower of Babel or a leaning tower of Pisa that's not leaning, you know. Bunch of little windows. Yeah, and once you go into that, it was interesting with World 4 because everyone everyone was small at the beginning, and I was like, oh, this is Giant World. This is strange. All the enemies are small. And then once you go into the first pipe, then once you emerge from that, everything is big. Yeah, it's like your adventure to get to Big World. Yeah, I was like, oh, so this is like the intro to the actual world. That was pretty smart. So I thought... That was fucking cool as hell. It's a story element. Yeah, the story element of that level was badass. And then, like, 
one of my favorite levels back in the day was World Five, where you had the uh, the Parabeetles, the Red Parabeetle level that was flying, and my probably my favorite bonus level is the one with the green Parabeetles, and it's just like another fun level where you're literally practicing your mastery of jumping from beetle to beetle and trying not to hit the ground and trying not to die. <laughs> it uh, enforces the whole structure of everything because now you don't just have this like one or two random like parabeetle levels. Now you have a little bit more. So you can feel that Mario 3 was clipped. That's what I'm trying to say. Like you can feel that Mario 3 was cut. Yeah, they just weren't utilized a lot. You got you got like the Fire Brothers, the Karibu Shoe, and the Parabeetles. You you know what I think is besides for obviously Bowser and the Koopa Kids. You know what I think is the most sparingly used like enemy. What's that? The sun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> literally used like with the same with the tornadoes, the little like tornadoes that boost you up into the air. In the world, too, you get the tornado, and then it leads to the sun. Exactly, and it's, like, super uber rare to find that, and it's, like, classic, though. And So that's, like, a one-level deal, so it's... I mean, maybe they purposely did that just to make them memorable, but... Yeah, there's one in World 8, too. If you remember, yeah, it's, like, there's another sun in that world. I think there's two. Very sparingly. A lot of people hate the sun level, too. To me, it adds variety. It's intense because it's attacking you, and it's moving in a seemingly random pattern, but really it's just they do it so that way if you're making progress, you literally run into them, so you have to kind of back off on your run for a minute. It reminds me of the the mask from uh, Mario 2. Yeah. That chases you around the screen. Yeah, the evil Fanto. Masks were badass. Yeah, it's, some of those guys are just classic enemies from back in the day. I'd say those were harder. Mario 2 guys. Man, they like swoop in on you and shit. I never really had much of an issue with them, but like... They're more aggressive than the sun, though. Yeah. The sun just does a little like swoop. Those guys are like out for blood, man. <laughs> It's like either the the Phantos or the um the red armor from Ghosts and Goblins. Oh god. Which is more evil. <laughs> yeah, the secret with that is jump backwards. Yep. When you attack old Firebrand will hopefully go down quickly. It's, there's tons of like most of them going backward is the is the key. It's like the secret to that game. He's got the AI where he like dodges everything. So here's a good question. Going against, at the very end, against Bowser, did you ever try to kill him with fire? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, he takes like a shit ton of fireballs. You can kill him, but it yeah, it, it'll be a while. <laughs> but it's cool. The hack, Mario's Adventure, it's another uh, really, really solid hack. But at the end, um, when you finally get to World 8, you have to fight Bowser at the end of every level, and he progressively gets harder and harder to where there's less bricks where you can break through and he can fall through. And at the end, there's none. So you have to fight him with um, with fire. And if you get hit once, you can't beat him. Brutal. 
<laughs> yeah, so it's it's super cool though. It's like an intense like endurance match versus Bowser. Love it. That sounds really hard, actually. Like you'll have to like sit there and master it, you know. Yeah, and the, I mean the one good thing about that hack is that you have infinite lives, so like there's no life count at all. So you just continue to play it. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> but you still like it takes a fuck ton of time to get to him, and then because it's a long level. And then once you get to him, you have to fight him <laughs> with full, and you have to have fire. Like, it's great. I love it, though. Yeah, it sounds badass, though. Especially with, if you have infinite lives, you're, uh, the psychology of it's way different. You don't have to worry as much. Yeah, and there's time, too, so of course. <laughs> you can't, you have to actually do it quickly, too, which is tough. Right. Yeah, I think, um, Mario 3 Extended Edition is the version to play, ultimately, for the original level layouts, but just with a little bit extra. Yeah, and a lot of the levels, they aren't necessary, but there's no reason why you would play this unless you wanted to play those levels. So it's kind of a completist thing. You know, it's someone who just wants more Mario, and this is where to get it, man. Exactly. It's the perfect way to play the original game on the NES, because it has saves, it has an extra 17 levels, it has, you know, the uh, the original damage system from the Famicom version, so it's challenging. Like, it's basically the purest version of Mario 3 that you could play on the NES. I guess they could have added an option to change the difficulty to, you know, U.S. damage version or Japanese damage version because a lot of the thumbs-down votes on the, the videos of this game on YouTube tell me that Americans want it a little easier. So I guess they could have added an option, you know, to make it easier with the add, like, another hit. I just wonder if he has a version... Like, he might have a version of the patch where he just left it as the U.S. Because, like, this just looks like he hacked the Famicom version. Well, my thing is, I was kind of, like, disappointed that it, it got thumbs down that much. Yeah. That took me by surprise. I thought this would be, like, warmly received. Isn't that weird? Well, I mean, the user reviews, it says, like, like there's three that are positive and two that are negative so the the negative ones are hilarious though what do they say out of place there are a few things that seem to go wrong while i was playing this game first noticeable problem occurs in the graphics and the map so like this is like he played this like after the patch by the way like there's new ones in desert land look like they should be in skyland so basically he's saying like that some of the levels the extra stages were out of place because like in desert land, you're in the sky for the bonuses and things like that. And some and some of the enemies, like like the extra stage in Grassland has enemies that aren't aren't introduced till later on. So stuff like that. Yeah, he just says that like a lot of stuff's just like out of place, doesn't really flow. At least they're not complaining about the difficulty. Yeah, now this guy, the newest one, retro game fan. Original damage system equals not fair. <laughs> there it is. I liked Mario 3 a lot more when it had 3 HP for Mario and Luigi instead of 2. I believe that 2 HP, no matter what form Mario or Luigi are in, is unfair. I understand that 2 HP being the original Super Mario Brothers, since that game wasn't as hard 
and fire Mario Luigi going back to super form must have been hard to implement at the time. But in the world of Super Mario 3, it could be a piece of work. For instance, to work your way back from up to the Tanuki suit because small Mario and Luigi can only power up to super form in levels while getting power-ups from Toad's item house is finite. You can only have so many at once. <laughs> and visits to Toad's item houses are also finite. Considering you can only visit the house once. In fact, the Western Super Mario World damage system had to be updated to 3 HP in Super Mario Advance 2 for the Game Boy Advance because Cape or Fire, Mario, Luigi going straight too small was still too hard. So I'm guessing that this extended version would probably be too hard for casual gamers like myself and others such as beginners to play. Now please make open the option to maintain the Western damage system in additional patches or something like that. Or I'm not going to play it in its entirety. <laughs> so <laughs> there we fix go. it or I'm not going to play it. That's like the majority right there thoughts. The cool thing is though and what that actually sparked in my head was like it makes the suits more meaningful. Yeah. In the hard version because you have to earn it and you can't lose it. So to me, they're more special now. Like you better not get hit cuz you earned this suit. And you don't want to get hit. What's funny, though, is that, like, the one right below it is, like, completely the polar opposite. Retro Reggie the Retro Gaming Dork. <laughs> he said that the new additional levels are, are in unexpected areas in the map, and the sprite representing the new levels is kind of odd. But with that, I can give it a free pass. This is actually better than the original Japanese-US-European version. I like the subtle addition of the Japanese version and the uh, save feature. I played all 107 levels and enjoyed myself. The challenge put in that made the Japanese version harder is welcomed here. This pushed me to use more stored items more often and not to hoard too much, which is exactly what I said. Um, the new levels are also a great welcome to the game. I waited over 20 years to play the Para Beetle Plains level and enjoyed it. Uh, the New World 8.3 is also a great welcome. Uh, this is a great modification. Yeah, 8.3, like I said... Exactly. With the the Fire Brothers underwater. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, so there's a lot of trippy shit. You guys, you gotta fucking check it out. Especially if you've been playing this game forever. You're missing out. So yeah, if you need uh, some help on patching it, just contact us. I can send you around. So we'll take care of you. We'll send you around. <laughs> exactly. So this takes the A-plus game that is Super Mario 3 and puts it over... Over the world, give it a double plus. <laughs> Hell fucking yeah, brother. That takes us to the end, I think. That takes us to the end of the big mine and the medium sized mine. I'm gonna carve you up. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at bgbspodcast at gmail.com. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later!